Hello. Oh, back. You can't start a podcast like that. You, you said you were going to sing Whitney Houston. No, no. I didn't start with the... You and... Uh, that Go. was good. Was it? Yeah. No. It was better than yours. Yeah. No, I couldn't start with the usual um, the usual rah today. <laughs> it's a sensitive topic, you know. We talk about muscle soreness. And <laughs> rah is the sound you make when you tear your muscles. So. I thought you were going <laughs> to bring us in with Whitney because it was just Valentine's Day. So. Oh, no. No. All topical. Right. Very topical. Um, today's topic, get straight into it. How to reduce muscle soreness. Yeah. Another question we get heaps. Yep. Yep. Um, how? Mm-hmm. You've experienced muscle soreness before? Never. Never. <laughs> See, Ross is 44. <laughs> he, uh, 144. He, exper- <laughs> he experiences it a lot. And uh, something you tend to experience a bit more as you get a bit older. I think everyone experiences muscle soreness. If you don't experience some sort of soreness, I don't think you're training hard enough at some point. And, and it's not a bad thing, muscle yeah. soreness. What is muscle soreness? Do you know what makes you feel sore? Doms. Doms. But what are Doms. Tell us. Well, so basically... Delayed onset muscle soreness. Correct, yeah. But, you know, what is it? Why are you sore? Basically, you know, it's a failure of your muscles to contract properly, right? Because mm-hmm. they're still recovering from your, your last exercise. And, you know, you might think muscle contraction is just about lifting weights, but it has to do with, like, you know, maintaining your posture and, and everything like that. So, you know, the day after a heavy session or the day or two or three after a heavy session, you might be feeling sore. It's just, you know, failure in muscle contraction. What does it take? Why does it take a couple of days? Because, and another question I have is some workouts you think, oh, I've just gone in there, sort of gone through the motions. I've had workout, plenty of workouts like that. And then two days later, I'm the sorest I've ever been. And then some training sessions you can go in and smash yourself and then you're barely sore. Yeah. Well, it, it depends on, you know. The, the workout, right? You know, the exercise and the stress that you've put onto your body. So, mm-hmm. you know, uh, something with uh, a much higher volume or intensity might give you a much, uh, you know, much more soreness because the adaptation to that is a lot higher, right? So, you know, a, a principle to remember is um, sad principle, right? I'm always mm. sad. Yeah, I know. Mm. <laughs> so this one will be easy for you to remember. Sad hell, they call you. <laughs> Used to be shallow hell, now it's sad hell. <laughs> Soon to be happy, how hopefully. Uh, <laughs> I still let's, prefer. Let's not go carried away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So basically, you know, specific adaptations to demands, right? So um, basically, when you train, right, you are, you know, you're imposing the stress upon your body, right? And when you after this training, you're gonna experience a dip in performance, right? While your muscles are still recovering. But when you recover from this, you actually recover above your original. Um, you know, baseline. So it's called super compensation. So it's this sad pr- principle, you know, s- specific adaptations to the imposed demands. You just keep adapting and stepping up and stepping up. Wouldn't that be said then? Said, sad. I know there's two things. It's in your accent, they sound the same anyway. Yeah, I know. You said. Uh, that's what I said. <laughs> 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 that's yeah. what I said. <laughs> and, that, and that adaptation is, is actually important. It's how you get stronger, it's how you get bigger, it's how you get more powerful. Um, and you want to create that stress so that your body does have that adaptation process. Exactly. But soreness is, is a result of that, yeah. right? So a lot of people asking, like, how do I reduce muscle soreness? How do I recover quicker so I can get up and train again? Or, I'm, um, yeah, good to go the next day. Yeah, I guess, you know, the f- there are quite a few things you can do mm. to address that, you know, nutrition, uh, you know, a couple of tricks or two that you could do, but... Uh, another important thing is, you know, 
structuring your training and training at the right intensity and volume because you know that's ultimately what's going to cause this muscle soreness so uh you know if the stepping up stepping up if you if you train like twice a day you're not going to be completely recovered from your initial workout so instead of stepping up you're gonna you know hit this um, recovery phase where you're actually impaired and then you're just going to impair yourself further because you just that's what's called overtraining yeah look and from a bodybuilding perspective and you can give your um sort of account from a powerlifting perspective but that is that is why the split the split program routine sort of became a thing in the first place you can't go in and smash your whole body every day and and expect to recover and be able to train the same body parts day in day out um, without experiencing some soreness and, and, and the benefits of that adaptation process. So split routines by training one body part on one day, the next day you go in, you train a different body part and so on, so that you're hitting each muscle group once or maximum sort of twice a week. What are, what are the typical split uh, routines? I've oh. push-pull or upper body, lower body. There's, there's heaps. There's push-pull, upper body, lower body. There's split by body part. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it really comes down to how many days you can actually train. Yeah. Um, so if you can only get into the gym twice a week, you might do an upper body, lower body split. Um, or you might train your full body on, on each of those days. What if you're going five days a week? If you're going five days a week, then I would recommend really sort of dialing down to individual muscle groups. This is if you're coming from a bodybuilding or hypertrophy perspective. Yeah, you, you one day dedicated to one body part. So one day's back, one day's chest, one day might be arms, one day. You, you think one day a week for each body part is enough? I, I yeah. think it is if you are training it with enough volume mm-hmm. um, and and enough weight. I, I find for me, I'm only really, especially at my age, I'm only just recovering a day or two prior to me hitting that same muscle group again. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're younger and you're recovering quicker, then maybe, yeah, a couple of times a week. But it depends on volume and, and intensity and all those yeah. things you were so just talking about. Yeah, you can actually, you know, extrapolate this principle further. You know, it's, in bodybuilding, it's simple to understand because, you know, there's weights. So it's kind of, you know, something easy to, to calibrate. But, you know, you can extend this principle to jiu-jitsu or even powerlifting, you know, or both of our sports, right? Yep. So, you know, you talk about intensity, you know, in, in weights, it's easy. Intensity is more weight on the bar. So when you know for example say 100 kilos is your one rep max you know um how maybe you can't bench 100 kilos yet but uh oh come on can you of course i can okay (laughs) that's a lie i can credit that quote that how can bench 100 kilos 100 pounds is different to 100 kilos how oh no yeah you're reading but but anyway okay say say you can do uh, 100 kilos for 10 reps right yep uh you probably can't but anyway (laughs) so um you know if you if you're gonna if you were to do eleven reps, it would be completely impossible, right? Ten is your complete max, right? Um, you know, so if you do ten, nothing's on, impossible. But go, yep. Well, nothing's <laughs> impossible, but you know, in in this scenario, if we held a gun to your head, you wouldn't <laughs> be able to do eleven, right? <laughs> okay. Um, so you know, ten's your max. Then if you're gonna train to ten, you're gonna be you know, approaching your maximum um, you know capacity, um, the biggest intensity you can handle for you know for that rep range. Um, you're going to be sore for the whole week, basically. You're not going to be able, if you do that on Monday. You're probably not going to be able to bench again until, say, a Thursday, right? You could bench again, but just not to that same level. Exactly. You won't get the the same amount of reps. You won't get the same weight. Yeah, because you know you're sore and you're still having this failure in muscle contraction. So you're not getting the same, you know, the same level. Uh, you know, a well structured program would, you know, hit bench again in that week. Um, you know, when you're um, more appropriately recovered, right? Now, um, say. 
say you do that right and you can only bench you know 100 kilos say twice a week um 10 times right so mm -hmm. you've done you know 20 reps of 100 kilos in that week another example right say you don't approach your maximum right you you change you train in the five rep range right so you're only doing five reps of 100 kilos mm -hmm. so you're not fully fatiguing yourself exactly so maybe you could do you know three three sets of that mm -hmm. um right but you're doing you know say three sets of three uh, three sets of uh, of five, right? And it's probably not going to get you as tired as you know this ten sets set of one, right? So, would you recommend training like that if you are going to train the same body part more than once a week? Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> but so, so but you're not going to failure every time you train that that. So, say you train chest on a Monday and then again on a Friday. Yeah, I, I never train to failure, never ever. Right, right? but uh, well. You know, so is that unless it's like an arm day that I'm trying to just finish up, whatever. But if it's a Saturday, so that's so you can hit that same muscle group again in a few days' time at the same intensity, the same weight. Yeah, but the reason why is important, right? So you know, the person that's doing this five reps for three sets, they've done it. So they can do it three times a week, for example. The person that's done ten, you know, for one set, and then again in the week, they've only done twenty, right? So three times fifteen is forty-five. Compare it in a week. Somebody's done forty-five. Somebody's done twenty. Know, to extrapolate that to yeah you've done you know twice as much work as the other person yeah and it doesn't seem like it because you're in there you're lifting the same weight for half the amount of reps but over the course of the week you've actually doubled the volume yeah and you know the same thing applies to jiu-jitsu right we can extrapolate this to your spot or any spot you know if you're doing five intense rounds of jiu-jitsu on a monday you're not going to be able to do five intense rounds the next day it's a good analogy because I've had this conversation with my coach and, and, and it's spot on. Like I'm, I'm the guy that's there every, every session, right? Every jiu-jitsu session. You get these guys, fresh young guys, maybe just beginning on their journey, they'll come into jiu-jitsu once or twice a week. Big, strong, fit young guys. And they're training once or twice a week, but they're going 150% in every round in those one or two days a week. Someone like me who's there every single night who I can't train at that same, I can't roll against them at that same intensity because the amount, the volume that I've done throughout the week is just, yeah, I've had so many more rolls than these guys that are coming in fresh. So and, you have and to- And you carry that throughout. But yeah, you've done, you know, the hours more that you've done is days more in the gym. It's weeks more in the gym, you know, compared to somebody that's, you know, just going for this intense intensity. And for young guys, it's hard, you know, it's hard to, uh, to dampen uh, <laughs> your, your your expectations when you want to you know push it, but you know train, training smart, training wise, you're not going to push it in every training session. Yeah, you and push look, it, push it when when you want to compete. You know. Yeah, and one way is not better than the other. It is that that's where periodization comes into it. So you need to do different phases within your training where you might be going to failure for a, a period of what training each muscle part once a week and, and going to failure for for that four week block or whatever six week block. Um, and then you can go back to half the volume, but you're training twice a week. So there's different principles that you can employ that. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, even how this can be applied to basketball as well. You know, it's easy. Minutes. Minutes, you know, it's uh, you see it all the time. Uh, you know, players getting strategically rested, minutes limited. Um, load management. Yeah, load management. Shout out to Kawhi. Yep. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, it can basically be applied to any spot. Does, right? he, does he listen? He, he's been criticized for having a lot of load management. Yeah, it takes too much time off. Highly televised games when lots of people are paying lots of money to watch him sit on the bench and do nothing. Right. I like yeah. him though. But, you know, when it comes to the playoffs, he's playing every minute. He's, yeah, he's there, you know. Yeah, he's, he's one of those guys. They, and they're peaking for the playoffs, right? 
exactly. and and there you don't know what goes on behind the scenes. Like a lot of those guys are probably nursing like little niggling injuries, and so you just don't know. And they want them in prime shape for the playoffs for sure. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, so you know, understanding this principle of why your muscles are getting sore is important. You know, because you're going to get less soreness from this lower intensity. Yeah, look, most people listening, they're, they're probably lifting weights. There probably are a few, a few different people from different sports. So, what is actually happening when you're lifting weights? I know this is. You're actually damaging your muscle, right? Yeah, so a few things happen. You know, these um, you're getting neuromuscular um, adaptations. You you're causing these micro tears uh, into your muscle, and you're also um, you know causing these metabolic changes um, that happen within your muscles as well. Right, and it's not just sort of um, muscle soreness. The other things have to be taken into account, like um, the strain on your central nervous system as well. Yeah, so you know muscle fatigue that's called peripheral fatigue um you know central fatigue is when you know it's actually your nervous system and usually it's a combination of both you mm. know some people say my nervous system is fried sometimes but you know sometimes it might just be your muscles are fried yeah sometimes you think your muscles are fried but it could be just you know your nervous system so how do you know um well it's not something you can easily measure but uh you know they've done experiments and you know different exercises create different forms of of fatigue and you know there's also cumulative fatigue that um you know if you can <laughs> Um, sometimes you just got to take a take a break, you know. <laughs> yeah, and uh, look, that's hard when you're when you're a young guy. You're keen. You you you, re- you love going to the gym. Mentally, it is actually harder to take a break from the gym than it is to go to the gym. Like you, you might be bored on a day and you're just itching to get to the gym, but it might be your day off. Mm-hmm. So I think recovery, and that's something I'm only starting to learn really now in my 80s, 40s, <laughs> um, is is how important recovery is. Yeah. Um, and how to manage that muscle soreness and how to um, manage the volume. Yeah, and, you know, that's, that's the first step to, you know, preventing muscle soreness is managing and planning your uh, training correctly. That's the right. The next step is, you know, once you're sore, what can you do about it? Yeah, look, there's heaps of things. I've, I've jotted down a few things. There's massage, there's ice baths, there's sauna, there's stretching, there's nutrition, a lot of talk around CBD lately. So maybe we break down each of those things and just, yeah. I don't know. Okay. Um, yeah, ice baths a bit of a controversial topic. It um, is. Uh, you know, some people think it's just the placebo effect of getting into an ice bath. Um, right? This said uh, principle before, you know, this uh, adaptation, it's called a hormetic response, right? You want the stress on your body because you're going to, um, you know, recover from the stress. You know, some people say things like ice baths, definitely things like antioxidants, uh, they actually help your soreness by blunting this response. But, you know, the, the consequence of that is, you know, you're not getting the super compensation, the recovery, what you're actually after, you know. You're making the soreness easier without actually, you know, uh, at the at the compromise of your, you know, recovery to, um, you know, progress. Yeah, you're, you're basically blunting that super con- compensation process. By having an ice bath, you might be, yeah, you, you might be sort of re- relieving that muscle Oh, you're not really. I don't reckon ice yeah. baths really work straight after training. I've I've yeah. done it. Yeah, but you know, sometimes when you're not, you don't really need that super compensation approach. You know, ice baths do help with the immediate soreness. You know, you jump into an ice bath, they can help. Yeah, they might blunt the adaptation response. But you know, after a game, after you know a final, who cares? You just wanna. Yeah, it's big in the team sport arena. It's big in martial arts. Guys will, and I get that because if you're doing multiple sessions in one day, then I can see how it can work. But if you are someone that just trains in the gym, wanting to get bigger or wanting to get stronger, you want that super compensation, right? Yeah. So ice baths might not be the best thing straight after a workout, but maybe you could, 
you could do the day after. You know, you've done a big leg day on a on a Saturday. Um, don't jump straight in the ice bath straight after after the workout. Maybe leave it to the Sunday um, when when a part of that adaptation process have started. Yeah, I've seen um, a great video of you two in an ice bath together. We did it. We did at um, a fitness expo last year. We jumped into hot. that. Wasn't even an ice bath. That was just ice. Yeah, <laughs> there was no water. Yeah. yeah, that was pretty cold. That was t- you went full zen in that ice yeah, bath. Yeah, you did yeah. too. You you looked like you were pretty uncomfortable. Oh, I was ready to. Yeah. I was ready to hop out. Had to old mate had to talk me down. I was just like, oh yeah, New Zealand summer. Here <laughs> <go."> <laughs> <laughs> no, but you actually um, funny like when we hopped out, it actually took a long time for our body temperature to get back up to normal. Like yeah. you were shivering for ages. Yeah, I was like shaking afterwards. Yeah. Mm. The the other popular thing to ice baths is cryotherapy. Yeah. Which you did at the fitness expo also. Yeah. That left you like pretty dehydrated, I remember. Yeah. So cryotherapy takes, you know, this to an, uh, you know, even uh, colder level. You know, very, very cold we're talking about. And, you know, you get exposed to this cold for only a short period of time. But it does have, uh, you know, some beneficial effects. How, how short? Um, you know, only... It's like max three minutes or something. Yeah, oh, really? Several minutes only, yeah. yeah. But it's a very cold temperature. Yeah. We're talking like, you know, minus... Uh, I think it was like minus 20 or something wow. when went in there. Or maybe even more. Like no, I think it was 70. more than yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, it was super cold, but um, it, it actually causes you to dehydrate a bit because, um, you know, uh, you evaporate a bit of uh, your skin. Yeah, so that's cryotherapy and ice bath. I, th- I think if you're a fan of it, do it, but maybe not straight after training. Maybe on a, on a recovery day where you're not training. Um, or at a later stage within the day, if you need to get it done. What about sauna? I'm a I love sauna. Me too. Not not so much for reducing muscle soreness. Um, it's relaxing. Yeah, I find it like yeah, it does sort of relax the muscle tissue, and I, I just like it to get a good sweat on and yeah, for health no, health I, benefits. I love it as well, and um, you know there's uh, heaps of benefits for, uh, for a sauna, and you know some say it doesn't even blunt your um, hormetic response. You know, it's actually a good thing to do after. After training, sometimes mm. uh, my favorite part of the sauna is my favorite benefit. Hanging out with all the naked men in there. Oh, second to that. Okay, it's good for a hangover. Oh, well, I don't know. We wouldn't recommend a sauna <laughs> when you are severely dehydrated. Yeah, but that's, <laughs> that's the literally the worst thing you can do. Yeah, I disagree. If you're, <laughs> if you're drinking water the whole time. Yeah, yeah. If you stay well hydrated, it's good. <laughs> but um, but yeah. what are you getting? What heat shock proteins? Yeah, from heat shock protein, all this other beneficial, you know, hormonal responses that you get from a sauna. So sauna, sauna, not you can do that after a workout. Yeah, and I actually miss it because you know due to COVID, the sauna in my gym has been shut down. Well, you should ask for a reduction in gym membership fees. Yeah, Um, I'm I'm a big fan of the sauna. I like, yeah, before COVID, I was sort of getting in there two to three times a week, and after training sessions is ideal time. Yeah, so like the principle behind you know saunas and ice baths is you know constricting or expanding your blood vessel, right? Because um, you know. The thing about muscle soreness is that you have all this uh, waste products like, you know, lactic acid and all these other, um, you know, byproducts of muscle um, contraction and fatigue in your muscles, right? So the idea is, you know, with the ice bath, it contracts it. And then, you know, this release kind of helps to get rid of some of the waste products. Um, with the sauna, you know, more blood flow um, kind of helps to pump that up. Latest kind of thinking is, you know, maybe a combination of the two, I- ice and hot therapy. So, you know, um, jumping from a an ice bath into like a hot shower and back into the ice bath and then back into a hot shower, this expanding and contraction actually creates a bit of a pump out of 
um, you know, your 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 muscles and really? gets dumps this. That's um, interesting. Yeah, this bad stuff out. Hmm. Get yeah. the bad stuff out and deliver the new nutrients in for recovery. Yeah, and I've actually you know tried these other um, boots. They're called Nomatech uh, recovery boots, right? You put them <laughs> on and they have like a wave, uh, almost like a massage that kind of uh, increases the blood flow to your legs and uh, pumps out some of the the juices. Nice. Uh, and while we're talking about mas- massage, I was going to say it like you then massage. Um, massage, yeah. Massage. What do you say? Massage. 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 I don't know why what I say. How now? do you say it? Yeah, but probably massage. Actually. <laughs> I don't know why. I say massage. Um, <laughs> do you, Do you get massages? Is yeah. For for recovery or is just a uh, just because I love it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I find massage can can improve muscle soreness. Um, depending on what type of massage you get, if you're getting like a um, oh, no. full deep <laughs> deep tissue. Yeah. No, I'm not going there, Hal. <laughs> if you um, get full deep tissue... It might actually make you more sore. It might, might actually make you more sore and yeah. prevent you from getting back in the gym as quick as you'd like to. Yeah. Because I have had a, like a massage and then in the morning and then gone and trained that night and struggled. Mm. It's yeah. a, so it's actually... Yeah, I, I think like a deep tissue, tissue massage is actually... Might be... Depends how deep they're doing and what they're using, and because yeah. uh, they know, can use all those scrapers yeah, and all that re- sort of releasing, you know, this um, some of this, um, you know, uh, knots and things in your fascia and your muscles uh, can create quite a bit of soreness, and yeah. you know, sometimes it's almost equivalent to having another workout. You know, it's sometimes a bit too too much. Mm. If you, but if I like you have nothing to do after, it's nice to just like enjoy that relaxation. Yeah, oh, yeah. Look, I reckon it can reduce muscle soreness and mm. stiffness, especially like like areas that are prone to being like super tight like mm. your chest and shoulders, shoulders and lats and all things like that mm. and things like that <laughs> um yeah as long as you're not getting too deep tissue massage i think it's it's good for recovery mm. what about the, all these self-massage guns like your theraguns and all your hypervolts and you've got one yeah you rate it i rate it for getting into like sore spots it's quite rare that i'll like give my whole leg a massage or get in and just massage my whole chest i probably should yeah i use it more as a sort of an injury management thing or a warm-up before a workout i'll actually just sort of hammer away on that actual muscle group yeah. i find that it actually creates a bit of blood flow mm. um to that muscle group prior to sort of warming up and then training so that's what i use it for but a lot of people are using it just for massage yeah and you know it's again this um they all have the same principle of increasing the blood flow and getting these toxins out. So, you know, they all kind of work in the in a similar way. Mm. Um, similarly, I like to do yoga, you know. Yeah. Uh, I've been a bit slack lately, but used to do, you know, 15, 20 minutes every single morning. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, it's not good to do static stretching before training. But, mm. um, you know, I do, I do a lot of these passive holds and it really uh, expands your range of motion and, you know, increases the blood flow to a, a lot of these areas as well to kind of get rid of some of that nasties yeah those those static holds are, are great um and act, uh, good for sort of activation before workouts of certain muscle groups i'm a big fan of stretching i've um i've started stretching every night for about sort of 40 45 minutes well yeah mainly due to jujitsu hips lower back all that sort of stuff i find that really helps with muscle soreness with my legs yeah um get, just getting a really good good deep stretch um, not everyone's a fan of stretching. I wouldn't stretch prior to workout, like you said, but I think after. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Um, you know, it, it does help to get these these waste products out, and, mm. uh, and that's what you're trying to do when you recover. Yep. So waste products out, nutrients in. Yeah, and 
what are some of the other um, things you could do? I guess, uh, you know, common things, foam rolling, bands and lacrosse balls is, you know, something that I love. Uh, big fan of the supple leopard and these kind of methods. Um, so, yeah, like getting in there, getting these knots out, uh, it all helps with, you know, correcting your posture and getting, uh, you know, um, you know, having good quality muscle contractions. It's amazing, like in the last few years, how many things have come out to help promote recovery from, from sports. Yeah. Like you think, like when we first started training, there was, you know, there was stretching. Yeah. Now much. there is like foam rollers, lacrosse balls, cryotherapy, ice baths. So there's so many different mm. things. Um, and I guess probably the, the thing that has the most impact on, on recovery Here we go. is nutrition. Yeah. Massive impact. Yeah. I mean, that is, that is the primary thing that is, that is helping your muscle tissue sort of grow and repair. Yeah. And, um, you know, um, a thing that you find, um, you know, if you're on a calorie, calorie deficit and uh, trying to lose some weight, you definitely can't train at the, the same level that you, you know, you're probably used to. And, um, you know, you're probably going to feel a bit more soreness if you're not getting the right amount of calories and the right, right amount of protein and yeah, if you if you want to truly sort of maximize recovery, you you, you want to be eating enough calories and, and enough definitely enough protein. Um, yeah. Protein is responsible for sort of muscle repair and muscle growth. Um, it can assist there. So yeah, definitely getting protein straight after a, any sort of a workout um, and enough protein throughout the day. Yeah, so to encourage recovery. To Sixty minutes is good for high quality protein straight after, not just the anabolic window. But for high quality protein. Mate, the minute I finish my last rep, I have someone else just pour, ready to pour that protein shake in them. No. Raw eggs. Your, your next workout starts the minute your, uh, your current run finishes. Yeah, yeah. look, <laughs> and, and, and there's a bit of debate, like the, the anabolic window, or yeah. do you really need to have protein straight after? Um, obviously, your digestive system is going to take a little bit to sort of get mm -hmm. up and, and, and moving again after intense workout. But, yeah, aim within the hour to 90 minutes, getting some sort of easily digestible, fast-digesting protein. That's why whey protein is, is so popular post-workout as opposed to some sort of meat product or something that's going to take a little bit longer mm -hmm. to digest. The quicker you can start that recovery process, the, the better. Yeah. But it doesn't have to be the minute you drop the weight, you're downing a protein shake. Yeah. I think a lot of people just do it then because... You know, they're not distracted doing anything else. I finish my workout, I have my shake, I'll get on with my day. True. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, what, what protein does is triggers muscle protein synthesis, right? Also known as muscle growth. But, you know, you've got these micro tears that um, you're causing when you're training and it's going to, you know, cause some recovery from that. Um, I guess the other important thing is hydration. You know, you want to stay hydrated after, um, after a workout because, uh, you know, you can't even, um, you know, your muscle protein synthesis is compromised if you're not hydrated and, uh, you know, you're going to potentially get cramps and things when you don't have the right amount of, you know, electrolytes in your system. Would you yeah, say, that's a good point. Would you say it's worth having electrolytes after as well as during a workout? Um, I just have it during. Um, yeah. You know, I guess a rule of thumb is if you weigh yourself before a workout and after a workout, you can see how much water you, you lost and um, they say to drink about 1.5 times that weight loss in water. Okay. So if you've lost a kilo, 1.5 liters? Yep. Okay. Sheesh. I lose about four kilos in a jiu-jitsu session. Wow. I'll be drinking plenty of water. Wow. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy. Mm. The amount of sweat. Anyway, some really good um, recovery techniques there and, and, and try all of them and try and incorporate all of them when you can. Yeah. Um, I, I do. I try and incorporate all of those things that we just spoke about. Any other questions, Hal, when it comes yeah. to muscle recovery? Do you have any favorite supplements? I, whey protein straight after. Mm -hmm. Um See, a lot of people are using CBD now that it is uh, is now legal in Australia. Yeah, um, 
What are, you, uh, what are your thoughts on CBD? Pretty effective. Um, as far as the inflammation <laughs> and muscle soreness and recovery? Yeah, exactly. And um, As long as you're getting the right dosage. Yeah, so uh, complicated topic, but yeah, uh, I think it's pretty effective and a lot of athletes are using it. It's no longer on the WADA band list when it comes to, um, you know, in competition, so you'll have to use it outside of competition. Interesting. Mm. Yeah. That could be its own topic even. I think it should be. Maybe mm. in the future, yeah. But, um, you know, there's a few other things we didn't really talk about um, when it comes to recovery. You know, protecting your joints is important as well. So you've got to take care of your joints. Mm-hmm. Uh, any heavy load or any impact, you know, a lot of impact spots are going to cause some damage to your joints. So, um, you know, you want to do, sometimes you want to do things like plyometrics and, um, you know, um, sometimes if you do cardio, it's also important to do, you know, low impact cardio like cycling and, uh, you know, things where you're not banging on the ground a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, even hill sprints, uh, sometimes from sprinting, you do get sore joints because the impact is so hard. So if you uh, go up a hill you're going you know um it's like you're never fully uh I love fully sprints. hitting the ground another thing you know with plyometrics is you know if you jump up onto a box for example you don't want to jump back down sometimes you just want to step back down mm-hmm. it's that impact that constant impact it might cause some joints on us good point um if anyone wants to sort of if we've missed anything that you you guys are doing out there that you like for recovery um flick us uh, a dm on instagram or facebook or submit to podcast at masashi.com email. Um, sub- don't forget to subscribe to us on YouTube yep. and you can find us on any audio platform. Leave a review and we'll send you out a, a free T-shirt. Mm-hmm. Anything else from you boys? Um, you've got a Masashi quote. Oh. Make it quick. Okay. It's a really quick quote, this one. It is, Moisture is the essence of wetness. And Sweet. wetness is the essence of beauty. Oh, how do we relate that back to uh, re- recovery and soreness? I guess, you know, stay hydrated out there, everybody. Rehydration is <laughs> important to, that is, to muscle protein synthesis. That is not a Miyamoto Masashi quote. That is a quote by the famous Derek Zoolander. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. Got Damn him. it. Gotcha. The Masashi quote. Okay, the real quote. I can't believe you just fell for a Derek Damn Zoolander it. quote. It is difficult. It is difficult to understand the universe if you only study one planet. Yeah. Um, so it's not all just about training. There's yeah. plenty of other things that help with your training. Yeah, you know, the planet of nutrition, the planet of uh, training and, you know, programming, the planet of active recovery, the planet of, you know, some gadgets that you can use out there, even technology. You know, we didn't even talk about Fitbits and yeah. sleep monitoring and sleep you know oh sleep the, the ultimate recovery the recovery tool but we've got a whole podcast about it so it doesn't matter we do, we <laughs> do. all right that'll be it. that's enough for us for this week you'll see us again in two weeks time and until then yep masashi, masashi out, out.